welcome back to the LA Countdown, episode three. It's your host, Ava Brand, joined again with Will Simons. Will, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. We've got a lot to talk about today. Um, yeah, it's been a week in sports and LA sports specifically. Um, so let's get right into it. Waste no time. Who do you have in your number three spot this week? Um, for my number three spot, I've got the LA Galaxy. The uh, 2021 MLS season is coming to a close, um, the regular season at least. And the LA Galaxy are currently sitting in the last playoff spot in the MLS Western Conference heading into the last match day. That's Sunday. Um, they are two points ahead of Real Salt Lake and LAFC. Um, the uh, Galaxy currently have 47 points. Um, those other two have 45. Um, and then uh, the Galaxy's final game on Sunday is against Minnesota United, who are currently in fifth place, but they're just one point ahead of LA Galaxy, um, tie for fifth place. And there's currently five teams currently within um, three points for uh three playoff spots in the MLS. Um, so the Galaxy could finish this regular season, depending on the results of themselves and the teams around them, they could finish anywhere between fifth and ninth place with um, the top seven uh, places going to the playoffs. Um, and a big reason for the Galaxy's um, current position is uh, Javier Hernandez. You probably know him as Chicharito. Um, he scored 15 goals in just 20 games this season. Um, which is tied for six in the MLS, despite only about 10 less games than most other players on the leaderboard. Um, uh, which So he has the second highest um, goals per game rate um, in the entire league behind LAFC forward Christian Arango. So the LA um, forwards uh, in the MLS are definitely getting it done this season. Yeah, you're going against my pick LAFC last week, who... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I was a little optimistic and think <laughs> that they can make that playoff push. They're, they're um, still they're still in it though. Um, LAFC, I believe, face. Uh, yeah, LAFC. I mean, they do play Colorado right. on Sunday, so. Yeah, they they still have a shot for the playoffs. They just need some help from the teams in front of them. Yeah, and it's definitely a tight squeeze. But um, even though my pick with the LAFC didn't go how I want, not how I wanted it to, <laughs> but it didn't go how I predicted. Um, I'm not sure if the Galaxy can get this done in the past, in the next, their last game of the season. They've drawn two out of their past three games and lost the other one. So I don't think they just have that momentum going forward for that playoff push. And if they do get to the playoffs, I hate to be pessimistic, but if they don't have any momentum, they haven't won since October 20th. I just don't see them making any strides into the MLS playoffs. Hopefully I'm wrong because I would love to talk more about Mm -hmm. the Galaxy on this show with you. Um, But I just don't know if I see MLS playoffs in either team's L.A. future right now. Yeah, no. um, But either way, uh, it'll be a fun, um, pretty chaotic Sunday to watch. Like I said, with so many teams so close together, um, there's a lot that's still be determined on Sunday. For sure. For sure. I will be watching. Now we're going to go from the soccer pitch to the ice rink. I have the LA Kings in my number three spot. They're on a three-game win streak. They, After dropping six straight, they beat Montreal, Buffalo, and St. Louis. Um, Buffalo and St. Louis both have winning records right now. Montreal is three and eight, so maybe that was just the game the Kings needed to get back on track Mm -hmm. and set themselves up for success. And last night, they beat St. Louis 
who was undefeated before last night. They beat them in a uh, three to two shootout. They have already lost to the uh, St. Louis Blues twice this season by a total of being outscored ten to three. So I think that was a really big statement for the Kings, uh, just boosting team morale and giving them some sort of confidence. And the young guys got it done for the Kings, which I think is really um, amazing. It was Adrian Kempe and Arthur Kelly-Eve were the guys who scored for the Kings, scored the two goals in the third period. And they really dominated that third period. Uh, They should have won the game probably outright in regular time. There was a St. Louis goal with seven seconds to go. But, you know, they didn't let them affect them. They dominated the OT period, probably should have scored in that period too. They outshot the Blues 8-0. to But still, they got the job done. That's all that matters. It's a W in the win column. Um, So I have the LA Kings at number three. I think they're just – they're riding the ship. They're getting – they're figuring it out after that six-game skid, which obviously isn't ideal in any situation. Um, and in the next week, they play New Jersey, Toronto, Montreal, and Ottawa, all of which are winnable games. Um, I believe Toronto's the only team with a winning record right now. Mm-hmm. So they are starting a road trip soon after playing New Jersey, but I think they'll be able to continue to ride this momentum. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Obviously, it's still very early in the um, NHL season, but in four tries, the Kings are yet to win a game on the road. Um, so that'll be, um, like you said, they have a road trip coming up after a few games at home. So that road trip will be a big um, sort of stretch of games to watch out for, um, especially because the Pacific Division looks like it's going to be pretty uh, tight and contested this season. Obviously, you know, the Golden Knights are in um, seventh place in the division, and they just acquired Jack Eichel this morning. Um, who I believe is still uh, a little ways away due to an injury, but that's still a really good player that they'll be getting back, um, uh, I believe, sometime this season. Um, That'll help move them up in uh, the Pacific Division. And even, you know, the Seattle Kraken, who are currently sitting in last place, obviously um, the new expansion team, but they've shown um, that they can hang with some really good teams so far this season. So I think that road performance for the Kings will be very important for their success this season. Yeah, we got tight MLS playoffs and a tight Pacific Division in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Season's just getting started. Um, next, uh, I'll talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. Obviously, we're staying in L.A. Um, uh, the Lakers, I kind of slandered them last week. I was not very happy with their performance. But understandable. In, res- in response to that, they rattled off three straight wins um, since I talked about their performance against uh, in their loss against the Thunder in which they blew a big lead. Um, the past week, they've beaten the Cavs by 12 points. And they also had back-to-back wins against uh, the Houston Rockets, um, all games at home. Um, but they've also got some tough Eastern com- uh, Conference opponents upcoming over the next two weeks or so. Um, in the next nine games, they have to face Charlotte, Miami, Chicago, Milwaukee, and Boston, who are all likely playoff teams in the Eastern Conference, um, all in their next nine games. Um, but Carmelo Anthony, um, obviously the uh, new signing uh, over the offseason for the Lakers, he's actually currently third in the NBA um, with 52.9% three-point shooting. Yeah, which he's is, killing it. Yeah, not, uh, kind of surprising from him considering – um, you know, he, he's definitely more of a role player um, now. He's going for that six-man award. He, he will be right <laughs> there, I think. Um, and right now you can make an argument that he has been the best, best bench player in the league so far this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's been really valuable to Lakers. Also, Anthony Davis seems to be rebounding, no pun intended, after uh, an inconsistent 
um, season, uh, he's averaging 25 points, 11 rebounds per game. Those are both above his career averages. Um, and as a team, the Lakers um, are averaging 113.4 points per game. That's pretty good. They're in the NBA. However, they're also allowing 112.6 points per game. That's fourth worst in the NBA. So they're, they really need to improve defensively throughout the season. They signed Avery Bradley right at the start of the season um, as sort of a defensive anchor when they need a guy to get some stops. Um, but that signing hasn't really paid dividends yet. So um, defensive improvements, um, obviously you'll want to look for uh, to a guy like Anthony Davis who can be a shot blocker in the paint. Obviously you have Dwight Howard as well who can be a defensive presence. But I think that um, perimeter defense is going to be something to watch out for for the Lakers throughout the season. Yeah, you mentioned that defense. And in their game uh, Tuesday against the Rockets, they only beat them by two points. The Rockets are 1-6. They should have dominated that game. And the game before on Sunday, also against the Rockets, they only beat them by 10. So they beat the Rockets by a total of 12 points. Um, I really think they could have done a lot better against the Rockets, being Agreed. that they've won one game. Um, being the Rockets' only win is against the Thunder, who the Lakers lost to in a crumb collapse of a game. Yes. We won't talk about that. <laughs> But they should have dominated those games against Houston. Um, and Cleveland, too. Cleveland's 5-4, and four, so they've had a pretty good start to mm-hmm. the season. One of shout-out to Evan Mobley, who's yes. killing it, He's USC awesome. guy. Um, but that's also a young team, and the Lakers just have so much experience, so much veteran star power mm-hmm. that I think they could really be dominating more than they are. Yeah. and I think- uh, Given they do have – they're still figuring out their system, I think, you know, with yeah. Russell Westbrook and – Every all the ball handlers, spacing, everything. Yeah. So I'll give them a little bit of time, but still, I th- I want to see them dominate yeah, a little bit more. And, and like you mentioned with the veterans, um, you know, it was a shorter turnaround this season. Um, uh, the playoffs ended later than usual, with the season starting, I believe, basically on time. So, you know, the, these veterans didn't, you know, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard, you know, they all didn't get as much of a break as maybe they're used to. Obviously, first round exit gave them maybe a little bit more time. Um, after last year's playoffs, but um, I, I do think that it, it will definitely take them some time, and I, I don't think they're going to try and push themselves too hard um, in the regular season, knowing that just their sort of talent, you know, in their sleep almost can get them to a, a decent playoff position. Fair, fair. So talking about star power and the postseason, I have USC women's soccer as my number two team. They are... They had a two and zero win versus Cal on Thursday last week, and then a three and three to two overtime win versus Stanford. Um, without Penelope Hawking, it was a tale of two halves that game. First half was pretty much all Stanford. USC came out second half and decided to get the job done. Incredible game. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, but they righted that ship and got back in the win column after two draws against both uh, Washington State and Washington on the road. So um, they're still riding a 15-match unbeaten streak, 11 of which were wins, but they've had a few draws in there since then. Um, but that win against Stanford was just key to keeping the momentum for this Friday's game against UCLA because this Friday's game – USC can make history and have their first outright Pac-12 championship in the conference. Um, 
if they they all they they're two points ahead of UCLA right now. They just need to win or tie. Um, the Bruins need a win to take over the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. But I mean, 15 match unbeaten streak. The odds are in USC's favor right now. Being uh, UCLA is ranked number three in the coaches poll. USC is number eight. So, and it's on the road for USC. So. I think it'll be a great game. But with Croy Bethune playing the way she is, she had one assist and two goals against Stanford. She was part of all three goals, including the game winner she scored in overtime. Um, she leads the Trojans in goals, assists, and points so far this year. 33 points, which is just amazing. And she's second in the Pac-12 in goals, second in total points, and tied fourth in assists. So she is really stepping up to that plate. She's showing that she has that X factor that every team needs, that a star, what makes a star a star, she has all the intangible skills. So I think USC women's soccer will get it done on Friday and will make history and keep riding this unbeaten streak. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned with Bethune, especially um, in the absence of Penelope Hawking, I mean, that adds to the pressure as sort of that uh, other main attacking option um, besides Hawking. And, yeah, she's really risen to the occasion in the couple of games that Hawking has missed, um, and it really even throughout the season um, with or without Hawking. So, um, yeah, she's been awesome to watch that overtime goal that she scored. Um, really great finish uh, to put away uh, Stanford and really an epic win for the Trojans, like you said, down 2 nothing, A couple back-to-back goals in the second half to force overtime and to seal the deal. Yeah, if Hawking can be there or play on Friday, that'll be that amazing be for the huge, Trojans. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of UCLA sports, who do you have at number one this week, Will? So um, uh, the college basketball season starts on Tuesday. I've got some uh, big games to look out for. USC starts the season against Cal State Northridge, I believe. But um, I believe that the better team in Los Angeles is UCLA. Um, they're ranked All second right. to start the season in the AP poll. Um, they open their season with Cal State Bakersfield on Tuesday night. Um, they even got eight first-place votes, with the rest going to uh, number one-ranked Gonzaga. And UCLA was uh, Jalen Suggs' half-court buzzer beater from uh, the national championship game. Uh, in the fi- uh, They lost in the Final Four to Gonzaga last season. Um, so they know they can hang with the, um, the Bulldogs up uh, from Spokane. Um, and UCLA is returning 93% of their team minutes from last season's Final Four team. Uh, that's one of the highest rates in the uh, Power Five. Um, Five returners averaged double-digit points per game last season, led by guard Johnny Juzang. He had 16 points per game last season. He's a preseason favorite for the Pac-12 Player of the Year. He might even be the Naismith um, National Player of the Year. Uh, He's definitely going to be in the conversation at the end of the year. Um, uh, Tiger Campbell, Jaime Hawkes Jr., Cody Riley, Jules Bernard all uh, uh, averaged double-digit points last season. This team is so well-rounded. Um, they uh, can shoot um, jumpers as well as any team in the nation. We saw that during the uh, NCAA tournament last season. And head coach Mick Cronin is one of the best in the nation, in my opinion. And if you thought it couldn't get much better for UCLA, they also added transfer forward Miles Johnson from Rutgers, who's a really solid player. You might remember him from the tournament last season. He helped Rutgers um, uh, uh, win a game, I believe. 
Um, he's a great defensive presence in the paint uh, as a big uh, shot-blocking body. And five-star freshman Peyton Watson will also be joining the team. He'll um, probably uh, get a lot of minutes off of the bench for the Bruins. Um, but the Bruins, you have to remember, they barely made the tournament last season. They were an 11 seed. They had to play a play-in game against Michigan State that they almost lost. That game went to overtime. Um, so the added pressure this year, I'm curious to see if how it affects this team. Last season, they didn't really have a ton of expectations. This year, they kind of have everything to lose as they're really expected to be a Final Four team. So um, it granted, it's still going to be tough for Oregon, USC, Arizona, uh, to keep up in the Pac-12, but I'm curious to see how those expectations affect the Bruins this season. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, they were really just playing for nothing, really. They mm-hmm. have nothing to lose, and now it seems like they have everything to lose. Um, I think returning 93% of their team's minutes from the Final Four team is... It's a pretty crazy stat, uh, yeah. crazy, because I think once you get that far into the tournament, experience becomes a big factor for of sure. what separates uh, the good teams from the great teams and I think that's why uh we saw Gonzaga that buzzer beater you know kind of a chance type of thing but still it's the experience factor that really helps teams get deep into the tournament and turn a Cinderella story into more of a legitimate contender which I think UCLA has right now but I I will mention no bias right here uh USC did beat UCLA both times last season so I know it's a new season uh we lost Evan Mobley or USC lost Evan Mobley, probably its best player. But they're still returning, you know, Isaiah Mobley. They got picked up Boogie Ellis, so mm-hmm. I'm excited for that rivalry again. Yeah, those games are going to be awesome um, this season between USC and UCLA. Um, two of definitely, I would say, the best three teams in the Pac-12 and uh, probably two top 25 teams in the nation. So, um, you know, the Pac-12 sort of came out of nowhere last season to perform really well in the NCAA tournament, had what was it, five teams in the Sweet 16 or something like that? Um, so I, I, I do think um, the Pac-12 is sort of on the come up, uh, especially in men's basketball. So I think um, it'll be a fun conference to watch for. And yeah, like I said, uh, in addition to the two uh, Los Angeles teams, Oregon, Arizona, even Washington State's going to be a very underrated team this year. Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be be a good uh good season for Pac-12 basketball and mm-hmm. hopefully hopefully one of those two teams goes makes a deep run into mm-hmm. March Madness um but for now for my number one team I am sticking with the LA Rams back-to-back weeks uh but for a different reason this week they did beat the Houston Texans in a pretty dominant fashion the score might not reflect how dominant that win was just because they Rams kind of let the Houston the Rams back let, in it. Yeah, yeah they let yes. them back in it. Um, Coach Sean McVay sat Matthew Stafford in the fourth quarter, which, mm-hmm. you know, don't want to hurt your quarterback. Why why do that? Um, and they held them scoreless until the fourth quarter. So it was just that one quarter that kind of throws off the score, doesn't yeah. tell the entire story of the game. But I think the best thing the Rams did this week was acquire Von Miller. I think we've knocked on their defense – um, the past couple of weeks on this show. So maybe they were listening. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but they got, they improved their defense, you know, for not, they didn't really lose much, a couple of second round picks next year, second and third round, I believe. But their focus on this year, they want to win a Super Bowl in LA. Yes. Really make the statement that this is an LA, this is the LA Rams town, no Chargers. 
Um, yeah, and granted, I mean, Von Miller isn't the player that he was, you know, when the Broncos were in the Super Bowl um, a that few years true. ago. Um, but he's still a very productive pass rusher. And um, so getting that sort of help for Aaron Donald, um, another guy who can draw multiple um, uh, linemen uh, when he's rushing the passer, I think that'll really open things up um, for them on that side of the ball. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think um, Aaron Donald gets doubled, sometimes triple, quadruple mm-hmm. teamed a ton. This will yeah. definitely open up a lot of space for him. I think it's also going to be interesting to see how the Rams pair Von Miller alongside um, Leonard Floyd at outside linebacker, mm-hmm. seeing how they do that. But I think that's a really strong front uh, they have. And then Jalen Ramsey in the secondary. That's between Donald Ramsey and Miller, who, like you said, is a little bit past his peak playing that he had in um, – that he – when he was in Denver, when he was MVP in the Super Bowl. But still, that's arguably three of the best players – in their positions mm-hmm. on the same defense. Um, so the Rams, now there's no excuse for if their defense isn't as great. Uh, mm-hmm. They've really got to step up. But adding Miller, an eight-time pro, bill, eight-time pro bowler, 110-and-a-half career sacks, um, I think they're listening to us. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, we'll, we'll see how they perform on Sunday. You know, I really wish Derrick Henry was able to yeah. play in that game and really get put to the test. So does my fantasy team. Oh, <laughs> rough, rough. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping to see Von Miller make his debut on Sunday against the Titans. Uh, Sean McVay wasn't exactly clear on if he would play or not, mm-hmm. being that the trade happened a couple weeks ago. But um, yeah, and I believe Von Miller's actually dealing with, I believe it's an ankle injury right now as well. So yeah, so hopefully he gets healthy in time. Um, Sunday night as well, so primetime game. Um, yeah, that if he does play, that'll be a great chance for him to debut for the Rams. Debut, like you said, maybe it's a movie. Mm-hmm. Went to bed <laughs> four and four, woke up seven and one. That's a nice sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we have the Rams on Sunday, Sunday night football. We have a big day for MLS on Sunday. Uh, Pac-12 basketball starting up again soon. USC women's soccer versus UCLA tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And the Lakers continuing to be the Lake Show. Yes, yes. They're definitely fun to watch. Um, you know, high-scoring games are high-scoring games. You, li- you like to see a lot of points. And yeah, Lakers got the highlights. put with, up those kind of games. Got the highlights with them. Uh, so thanks for joining me, Will. Uh, we had a great time. And enjoy all the LA sports this weekend. Yep, looking forward to it. See you next time. <laughs>